My former high school mate and award-winning filmmaker Ryan William Thomas and actor Alfonso Freeman, son of the legendary Oscar winner, join me next with their new feature, Torn, on an all-new RXG Exclusives. We must open up our minds and take a look inside that we find we hold all the answers tonight. You're watching the award-winning RXG Exclusive, hosted by award-winning actor and award-winning filmmaker Robert X. Golfin. A troubled father retreats to a town full of werewolf lore in hopes of dealing with personal demons, but to his dismay he must face the truth of his past or risk becoming part of the legend. That is the logline for the new psychological thriller Torn. One of the film's stars, Alfonso Freeman, will join us shortly, but first I welcome to the program the director and producer, Ryan Thomas. Thanks for making the time, man. Thank you for having me here. I, I've been uh, looking forward to this. Also, I appreciate you uh, running the log line because Torn, that, that's a very interesting film to sum up. Yeah. So good job yeah. there. You did good. <laughs> well, you know, this season of my series and really my life has been chock full of reunions with old mates, acquaintances, colleagues. And though we haven't seen each other since we graduated Kappa, the Philadelphia High School for Creative and Performing Arts, a billion years ago. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we, we we followed each other, you know, on social media and we followed each other, you know, communicated here and there. And I have to say, I can only speak for myself. Everyone's experience is different. Attending an art school can feel isolating, each major in their own world. And I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, but for our little motley crew, I truly credit you all with helping me as a baby faced skinny short kid with big ears navigate it all. And though some of, you know, some folks made fun of me for carrying a briefcase, we're drafting contracts, collaborating with other filmmakers, trying to start production companies. If anybody's willing to let me be an intern on their production company or work with them, my Folks couldn't see our vision. You and I were as serious then as we are now about our craft. You were the cinematographer for my award-winning film, Lit, about a group of kids who try to shut down a tobacco company after their health teacher dies of lung cancer. You make a personal apology, taking full responsibility. For what? For what? Yes. For the death, for suffering. Over 65 young people from Delaware, Philadelphia, New Jersey were part of that production. I've just been told that my director of photography wants to come up and make a statement. Ryan Thomas. Yeah, Ryan. I want to be a filmmaker, but for the time being, I wanted to work with Robert to get experience in the film. See, the, uh, it's almost like I have to see the finished product of the movie before we even start film. I have to actually visualize it in my head, like a real movie. And man, it's really a joy to see how far you've come as an artist and a person. You hold a filmmaking degree from the North Carolina School of the Arts. You've written, produced, and directed countless television productions decades in the game, and now you're releasing your third feature film as a director. I've only directed one. I've got to catch up. You've been busy. <laughs> you studied visual arts at Kappa. You're a painter, a photographer. You've always had that eye. Tell me how those formative years helped prepare you for 
your life and your career? Well, I just want to say I credit you uh, for a lot of things starting because a lot of the, a lot a lot of my earlier projects were basically done. I was by myself. I didn't have a team. You know, I used to get my cousins to join me, but. I didn't really know many other filmmakers in my age group. So I really credit you for being a kindred spirit and opening those doors for me on your project with Lit. So I, I, I usually cite that as like when everything started. Visual arts, the CAP experience was just, it was beautiful. And I, and I once again, I go back to you and our, our little crew. You guys made it beautiful, the kindred spirits that I had there. Um, the, the teachers, Mr. Rodano. I have to give a shout out to my film and TV instructor, Francis Rodano. It all starts with good, good writing. You know, you're the one who conceives the idea. You're the one who eventually will direct it too. I, I miss him. But basically, yeah. uh, I just appreciate how Kappa taught me how to tell a story visually. I have to admit, I cut many of Ms. Ruckman's classes to spend time in the film and TV wing. So while I didn't really study filmmaking there, I studied art history. I studied um, basically just different eras and how artists tell, get their, convey their point of view uh, through images. So that's how Kappa helped. Well, now your films have crossed multiple genres or subgenres, including drama, sci-fi, thriller, horror, and even a little bit of comedy sprinkled in there. You, you need the levity. Uh, your subjects range from health crises to alcoholism and werewolves. But regardless of the plot or pacing, the signature of your work, correct me if I'm wrong, seems to always lead with character-driven stories. When you sit down to write a screenplay or decide to execute another writer's creation, what is the process for you choosing which road to travel? Um, I'm glad you brought that up with the character. I have to believe the character. Um, if I don't feel like, let me backtrack. So I, I have a, like, I'm a, I consider myself an amateur counselor or a psychologist. And so I love studying people. I love watching people. I love trying to figure out what motivates them, what they, what their core fears are. Basically, Enneagram, all the type of systems out there, Myers-Briggs. And so if I usually feel that if I can't, see that if i can't type the character if i can't if the character doesn't feel like a three-dimensional being that i i can i would meet in person then it's not a fleshed out character character doesn't exist yet it needs to go back to draft one so it definitely starts with the character and then the next thing is tone um i have no idea how how i craft that but i usually i usually i'm attracted to a certain tone um i like to say maybe it's a combination of um the rustic Philly vibes with Gothic Southern <laughs> mixed in, but I, I, I'm attracted to that type of tone. Well, now, if that answers your question. <laughs> no, that does. That does. And, and it leads me to this. Uh, you are in North Carolina and North Carolina, like Atlanta for years has been a secondary epicenter for the filmmaking industry. Some people have called it the Hollywood East. You're a resident of Charlotte where you live with your wife and four sons. Did you ever consider making the move somewhere else? Or do you envision the South as your cinematic playground for life? So, yeah, right out, like, basically my last year of film school, 2004, um, basically I, I did plan to move to L.A. Um, that was the goal. But I got a, I worked on a film. It was called Junebug. 
uh, in North Carolina immediately after graduating. I worked on this film called June Bug, and that introduced me to a lot of crew in the Wilmington area and the Charlotte area, the Winston-Salem area. And let's just say I instantly found a home here, and I never left because this became my home. You mentioned playground, and it feels like that. It feels like it was the perfect right place for me to grow as a filmmaker, um, especially in independent territory. I'm not sure yeah. if I would have been able to tell a lot of my movies in L.A. Um, I have a feeling that I, Philadelphia, what, something would have happened in Philly. Just I love just walking around Broad Street inspires ideas. So, but yeah, something about this area that I guess the Southern Gothic vibes. Something about it was inspiring to the stories that I like to make. Joining us now, of course, is Alfonso Rene Freeman, who portrays the role of Sheriff Mike Lewis. He is, as you'll likely guess from his distinct features and voice, the son of iconic actor Morgan Freeman. But Alfonso is an accomplished industry vet in his own right. TV, film, and stage credits include The Practice, ER, Dark Blue, Ten Till Noon, The Bucket List, Ghost Whisperer, and Zoo Story, just to name a few. And you've likely heard his voice on commercials for Chase Bank, McDonald's, and Verizon. Thank you so much, sir, for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start with how you went from working as a computer operator for an aerospace company to a career in the arts, and what advice did your father offer in that regard? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, it, it happened like it does for a number of us. I just, I got laid off. Um, it's the end of the Cold War, and, uh, you know, the defense industry, and they just went through layoffs. I got laid off, and and uh, at that point, I just told myself, well, it has to really matter for it to matter, and it doesn't matter. So I moved on from that and thought about my pops, and, you know, he made it a little later in life. And I felt like, well, if he can make it, I can make it. So I did. I was uh, 33 at the time. And then things, the moment I was serious about it, things just kind of fell in place. And I, you know, became this guy, I became a working actor. Took time, a lot of work, a lot of rejection, but I did it. Yeah. And uh, oh, and the question was, what advice did my dad give? And, you know, I can sum it up with don't give up. Uh, you know, his career it was far more advanced than mine and the technology and so forth is all different uh, today. Uh, so his ver his version of things would be different than mine. And uh, and so I had to go through the you know, what do you call it? The 90s, 2000s and so forth, building this career, you know, so I had to do it myself. Well, now you're obviously a multi-talent. You have a gospel music background. Please share how music became part of your life. And is there another album on the way? <laughs> uh, music has always been a part of me. Um, I mean, if I just painted the picture of the uh, um, stereotypical average black family, there was a lot of music involved and we played, you know, brooms for guitars and little, little plastic bowling pins for drums and everything. And uh, 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 um, Quaker Oats oatmeal cans for bongos and drums. We, you know, we did all that stuff and we were always kind of rhythmic and all. And then event and church goers on top of that. And I just felt, you know, I, I don't like to use the word called, but there is no better word. Uh, to go on and advance this uh, music thing. Um, learn how to play piano by ear and uh, started out on drums. And um, 
you know, and then along the way, I felt like there was a message that I needed to give out. And um, uh, uh, ultimately, I did produce a gospel music CD. It turned out pretty good, by the way. And, uh, you know, got it. You know, I, I guess I scratched that particular itch. I uh, am still musical. Um, my chops aren't what they used to be. I spend more time focused on acting these days. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's me in a nutshell when it comes to music. Well, look, Torn is a riveting film, and I hesitate to get too specific about things because I don't want to give anything away, but your character is really at the center of everything. Can you tell me about the sheriff and what drew you to the project? Um, it, it's, it was a different uh, project. Um, you hear, well, what I know of the storyline, I don't know how much uh, um, Ryan wants me to say, but... Um, what I learned of the storyline, you would, many people would think it's a horror film, uh, but I think it's more of a psychological thriller uh, because you never know what is real, what is myth, what is imaginary. Uh, and um, in some respects, I, I feel like my character is a little bit of a victim of of uh, of a what do you call it? Not not mythological, but. Um, suspicious and paranoid uh community yeah and um you know so you got the paranoia you got the mythology and all of a sudden uh you got this guy who is just trying to do a job um but as an audience member you you still have these questions i mean as an audience member i still have a question or two uh about what is the nature of things what is real uh, really going on. You just don't know. Um, but the payoff is, uh, it, I like the payoff. It's, 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 it's interesting. I just would have liked a girl more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the performances in this film, particularly yours, Alfonso are so grounded and naturalistic. Nothing seems forced and thrillers and horrors can sometimes fall into that merely popcorn entertainment, which has its place. No knocks on that, but torn, yeah, sure. Has, has so many layers. There's so much depth. Can you both speak to creating a character's journey from your perspective, Ryan, as a director, and then Alfonso's as an actor? Well, so for casting, I, it it comes down to chemistry. I don't I don't really know if there's a big formula, but um, I feel like with that with the cast, especially Jordan, who wrote the story, I. I feel like I have to have chemistry with the people I'm working with and and through that chemistry there's usually like a just an understanding that we're both here for each other we're both making this we're both creating this project trying to make it happen the best way we can and so with that understanding I feel like that allows for room to play and explore um to just ad lib um improvise it was a little bit harder with torn because I had the writer and a co-producer right in front of me, like for most of the film, he starred in it. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't say too many times, like, ah, I don't like that. I'm not feeling that line. Let's just throw it out. He's like, you know, without him saying my precious line, he didn't do that much. But <laughs> uh, when a lot of times I do allow for loads of impro improvisation. And Alfonso brought a lot of that to the table. And I appreciate that. So basically, I just allow, I allow a lot of room for creativity. If they agree with the if they connect to the core motivation of the character, then I'm fine. Let's explore. Let's have fun. Well, um, 
on my end, um, first of all, it was, I enjoyed the script. Let's just start there. I enjoyed the script. I had a chance to meet with Jordan and uh, Ryan. And the meeting I, I felt like was uh, was fruitful. Um, I was really appreciative. I don't know if I ever told you this, Ryan, but I was really appreciative of uh, of even being considered. Uh, it's it's so easy in many cases for um, for there to be an assumption of of um, of an actor's prowess because he's connected or related to somebody. And thankfully, they saw me. At least I hope they all saw me. I got the job. Um, the character. I found interesting and I found that I could, I could have an arc. Uh, you know, a lot of times I've done, you know, I, I, I'm like a lot of other actors. I've had to start small and take characters that had no arc whatsoever. They were just kind of like, you know, uh, bullet holes in the storyline just to say that there was something to move the story from A to B. And then this character was able to have an arc. And so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed getting to play off of, uh, off of, uh, Jordan. Uh, his intensity. I enjoyed uh, Ryan's ability to let me play. Uh, that came in handy a lot. Uh, um, you know, as a, as somebody who's a getting used to the uh, Charlotte film community uh, and having not done uh, as as much work as I wanted to do, and then you know, in the aftermath of this film, a strike coming up. Basically, there just wasn't a lot of work for me before I got here, and so, uh, and so to go as a first outing. Being allowed to, you know, to ad lib and to work work this character was golden to me. I'm healthier now, thank thank you, Ryan, <laughs> than I was uh, when I started the project because you know you get you feel rusty, you feel like the wheels are rusty, and uh, I got out there and I was able to do it, and uh, I think I, at least I hope that they liked the work. Uh, I certainly enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed the cast, the crew, and I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed being able to just bring something to light. Um, I this is like the second um, psychological thriller that I've done, and you know they always have this element of a mystery, this Hitchcockian thing uh, that make people um, question, you know, where things are going, and you don't know until the end. And um, so uh, um, I got to have some fun with this one. I did. As long as it doesn't bother your spirit, please do some more psychological thrillers because you did it very well. <laughs> I just want to add, like, you, this may spoil a little bit of the movie, but I have to say it. Um, hearing Alfonso talk about his background with gospel, um, and then I think he mentioned that he wanted to bring the light. Um, I think just just now, I think that's a lot of what attracted me to him as an actor and bringing him onto this project because I felt that that character, if you take Peter, the main uh, character in the film, um, as somebody who has two, um, like an angel and a demon on the shoulder, I see his character as that angel. Um, so, and I think you definitely brought that game. So you, you shot this film in Charlotte. Uh, tell me about some of the locations and how many days of principal photography? Was this uh, a quick shoot? It uh, so we had a, a fourteen day shoot with two pickup days. Oh. Um, so the pickup days are basically about maybe a month afterwards. But yeah, we scheduled a traditional shoot, um, which was a blessing because the last you mentioned that I had, I had um, this is the third feature. The last features I basically did around my full time job, which I still have. I'm still at that job, and we shot that those films on the weekends, and it was just 
oh gosh, it was just a long process. But this one had the luxury of just fully engaging ourselves in the process. And that was beautiful. Um, but I tell you though, I, I definitely realized my age with this movie. Well, I remember Alfonso, there's a major scene that we shot late at night. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, why are we about to do this? This is, it's like eight o'clock. I should be on my couch right now. <laughs> this is like, why am I, I'm, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, we're going to wrap around like three o'clock. Why am I doing this? But so I, I had to get back into that, that uh, group of things too, the, the night shooting. Well, the film is screened a, a few times, I believe. When can the general public mm -hmm. support the film? Are you seeking a traditional distribution deal or will it go the film festival route? What are you looking at? So we're still waiting for uh, film festivals to uh, let us know whether we're getting in. And uh, the producers, the other producers, the, the, the money guys, they're the ones that are working on distribution. So they keep telling me to tell everybody 2024, we're working towards that. Um, we had, so we did have a Charlotte Film Festival uh, premiere, um, which amped up our process a little bit. We had that screened before we even had our trailer out <laughs> and our marketing together. So by the time we get into the other festivals and we're ready to stream, we'll have a lot of our stuff together. Now, Alfonso, you mentioned the strike, both us actors and the writers. I was out on the picket lines fighting for protections, fair compensation, etc., should we be afraid of artificial intelligence or is it something we should adapt to? What are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> I, it's funny. Right now, I'm about to show my age. Um, a lot of people think I'm younger than I am. Oh, no, I'm I am where I am. And, uh, and I have an affinity towards good old fashioned uh, hard work. I don't I don't mind uh, digital media to the degree that it's managed because it, it can get away from us. You know, I, I haven't gotten to AI yet, but uh, digital media of whatever sort, you see uh, the creation of um, backgrounds and environments and everything that can be done on a soundstage that are so true, real looking uh, that the audience might not know where things are. And I really have little intention of being uh, paranoid about these kinds of things, but it's kind of hard not to be uh, when things are starting to look so good. So AI is the next level of that. Um, and we as actors and artists, you know, we, I, I know I wouldn't be a great fan of a script written by, uh, you know, a computer in, in the background. I mean, computers don't know our stories. I don't care what they try to inject into it. And even though human beings are the ones who programmed it initially, it is artificial intelligence for a reason. It's artificial. It, you know, it's it, intelligence. It is, but it is artificial. It lacks humanity. And I think that when we tell human stories, uh, it has to be humans who tell those stories. So I, uh, AI is not in my mind right now. It's not my friend. Um, it is a fact of life, but, um, I really do believe that it needs to be managed and managed very closely. I think scripts should still be written by, uh, uh writers human writers. I think acting should still be done by uh, human actors mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, keep it that way. Uh, you might need to, like in the music industry, they'll call it sweetening when they add uh, background vocals to, you know, to the group's vocals to make it a little richer and make it sound a little better. And so you might need a little bit of digital sweetening, but 
the the uh, performances, the writing, the directing should be by human beings and not by artificial intelligence. My opinion, and I think I probably share it with most of the acting and filmmaking community. Absolutely. Ryan, did you want to touch on that or you agree? Uh, yeah, we just need that human. We need that like sparkle in the eye. And I don't see that with a lot of the AI visual visuals that you that, you know, that just that light. I don't see the light. Yeah. There's a certain soul that's not there. That's not present. They can look like us, um, sound like us, but I don't see the soul yet. And shoot, even if we get to that point, I don't know. I just like I'm, you, I said earlier, I'm chemistry based. I, I, I need to work with another person that, that is, has experienced life. If I might say, it feels like a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, back in the day, back in the 50s, early 60s, they broached some of these things, sort of prophetically, if you will, about how technology could get away from us. Imagine sitting there having a meeting with, you know, a computer, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, robotics, whatever you want to call it. Having a, a story meeting, having a, a production meeting, having a green lighting or meeting meeting with something other than a human being. Now that might be extreme to the thought, but that's kind of what can happen these days. And it sounds mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, uh, 30, 40 years ago, I would have thought it was crazy, but we're here. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gentlemen, with the continued advent of technology, people have had access to cameras and smartphones. People have been pulled off corners to star in TV and film. Anyone can be an actor or filmmaker, regardless of whether they've trained for it or have degrees. Is the all-access to the so-called American dream as controversial as some say, or should everyone have a shot at this thing called art? So I haven't really thought about this, and I'm enjoying this chat. I don't know how deep we could go, but... Yeah, I do think everybody should have a shot, but I do think it's the talent, it's the um, the fire inside, it's the drive, it's the persistence, um, it's the collaborate, it's the connections that you have with people, your environment, the energy around you. That's what keeps you going. So yeah, I'm okay. I think everybody should have a shot. I'm 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 not a fan of closing the doors. Um, regardless, I'm not a fan. I don't really always even look at resumes when I hire. Um, I, I do give people shots. I love mentoring people. But what's going to keep you engaged? What's going to keep you in the industry? What's going to keep you creative? Especially when things look horrible, when things aren't working out, when you're getting all the no's. What's going to keep you there? That's what matters. Which is about 99% of the time. <laughs> the red card is 1%. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, if I may... Um, no, you, as you go farther up in this business, uh, in terms of being acceptance, the more gatekeepers you encounter, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever mm -hmm. the reason, it's always been this way. It's a little frustrating. But I agree. I agree with Ryan. I mean, everybody should get a shot. OK, so now we all have our cameras. We all have the opportunity to put up some kind of con content, with, you know, everything from only stuff that our mothers will like, you know, to stuff that is for total public consumption. Uh, and there have been some wonderful projects that never got made because the gatekeepers were just a little bit too strong. Um, but yeah, give them all the shot and the gatekeepers will start weeding out, you know, the ones who really don't have the goods. And um, it's just, it's <laughs> until you get to, you know, those who can do something pornographic and become big stars, go figure. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the nature of the business. It's about money, and you have to be ready for whatever this business uh, 
needs if you're of that kind of mind. Well, aside from Torn, what projects do you both have coming up? I, mean, I know that the industry was shut down for a while and we're heading into a new year, but what are you both working on? What I'm working on is getting the next job. You know, I'm I'm a working actor, at least I, you know, yeah, I'm back to that now. And, you know, that's auditioning, that's classes, that's all the things that help keep me sharp. Um uh, you know, I really saw on Torn, you know, the work that I need to do. I, I'm just a really, really uh, tough uh, um, judge of my own work anyway. Um, but uh, I, I still felt like this time I have work that I want to do even more, and even more, you know, because, you know, this is this is my shot, too. And I want to get past the gatekeepers as well. Uh, so right now it's just about preparation. Alfonso, before Ryan answers, are you the kind of actor that will watch your work back or do you do it and not look at it again? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the my everyday wisdom is never watch your performance and I don't listen to myself sometimes. So I'll go back and see my performance and just criticize and just, you know, it, it took me a, a minute to even watch Torn because I was scared to see my performance, you know, and I did, and I didn't hate it, you know, but I didn't love it either because I'm an actor. I'm not supposed to love it. I'm always supposed to be striving to get better and to be more. And, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I thought a lot of my work was very respectable and I, you know, felt like, okay, build on this. And that's, that's where I am right now. But yeah, it, it's a tough thing watching my own performance. <laughs> I should probably never do that. <laughs> I should. Meanwhile, I'm watching you. I haven't. I, th I think I see you every day, Alfonso. As we as we uh, prepare marketing material, I'm still looking at you, and I'm enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> oh well, well, thank you so much. You know, he he's got a knack for making me feel you know feel better because you know coming out the box after a minute for of not working, you just you're gonna have confidence issues, and. Um, you know, I, I try to play it off with a joke or two, but on the inside, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, the good news for me is I still have that. So, you know, I'll never think of myself as too much. I will just constantly strive to get better. So I, I so the day job I work at, I produce promos, network promos for INSP. And, and so that's always keeping me creative. Uh, and it's also... I appreciate and I, and I like telling people this, too, because I feel like the place has definitely helped me learn how to tell stories and especially in short times, a short amount of time. When you write a promo, you have to basically get your point across 30 seconds or less. So um, so I, I'm working. I'm continuing to develop my craft there. Um, I'm working on uh, Jordan and I, who unfortunately was not able to make this meeting. He's also my producing partner. And so we're working on we're crafting three other projects after this. Um, one is called Discovery, which is based off of a short film that I directed in film school. So I'm excited about that project. Uh, and I, I hope you will be too, Alfonso. But anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's good. It's more of a coming of age movie. It's still in the, um, still character. Um, so about the characters and there's still a little bit of a dark mystery going on, um, in a small town and, and but only it's now we have like thirteen year olders wondering what's going on, what's true, what's not true, um, as they also deal with regular coming of age life issues. So I'm excited about Torn. I'm excited about some other untitled projects that are coming out. 
Uh, again, Torn is riveting. I've seen it. Both of you did a fantastic job with this project, and I appreciate you spending time with me today. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. And and Robert, yeah, let's talk after this. Robert, you remind me of me when you described yourself and how you were in school. like, yeah, that was a lot of how I was, you know, with an extra layer of nerddom on top of that. You know, I don't, oh, I don't see sure. you. Thinking, Dude, I'm still right here. Right here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, in high school, I, I was a cool nerd. Every school's got one of those. That's it. But, yes. <laughs> yes. We were cool. I, I, but I, I was, was a cool nerd. I, I carried a dictionary or a thesaurus in my back pocket, but absolutely, I'm a cool nerd. I had the briefcase. <laughs> I was part of Men's Federation at Compton High School. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. it, and it was an art school, too. I, I can't... I thought, you know, going to uh, films, going to art school, that everybody would be similar. But no, I think I actually really felt even more lonely sometimes at Kappa. But meeting mm. Robert and, and three of our other film friends, that, I just, that just changed my life, honestly. So I could go on and on about that. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at you, too, and I see the love of the work. The love of the craft and love of the work. So keep it up, guys. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Make sure to like, comment, and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel so you never miss out. RXG Exclusives, hosted by Robert X. Golfin, now playing.